to try and retain that kind of self-belief, a really great positive attitude will really stand out and be a huge advantage. Welcome to Careers in Fashion. Today's episode is about soft skills and career planning. My name is Segin Tesfajorgis and I work as a careers consultant for Graduate Futures and I'm joined by my colleague Elaine. I'm Elaine Philpott and I work as an enterprise consultant. And in today's episode, we are joined by two very experienced fashion recruiters and we will be discussing the importance of soft skills, why they matter in the workplace and in industry, and also thinking about career planning whilst at university to get ahead and have a good understanding of future recruitment practices. And we are joined today by two guests, Steph and Sasha. Hi everyone, my name's Stephanie Finnan. I'm a head hunter and fashion careers mentor and consultant. I've been working in the industry for coming up to 20 years now. I started my career working with a number of fashion recruitment agencies in London, working on a, a global level uh, in the main fashion capitals, but also across the States and Asia as well. And I also have a careers mentoring service called the Fashion Careers Council. So giving uh, talks and careers counselling and workshops. Good morning, this is Sasha. I'm an international headhunter and career expert, and I specialize also in the fashion and luxury industry. I have a double background. I'm a clinical psychologist with a huge passion for people and talent. I started my career about 12 years ago in the HR department of Louis Vuitton, Italy, uh, where I used to recruit for all the network. And from there, I started career in headhunting. And then finally, I specialized in the luxury industry. On the other side, I'm a career expert. So I collaborate with several business schools in Europe. And also I consult. I have a large portfolio of, cli- of candidates that work with me since many years. I really love the diversity of my job. Thank you so much both. Now soft skills I would say is something that comes up quite often. Yeah so the soft skills really important when we're sort of moving from students working on their sort of technical skills or their hard skills but also really looking at what what are those soft skills and how can students sort of really develop those soft skills so the soft skills are more personality traits and behaviors so they're not so much about the knowledge you possess but rather the sort of behaviors you display in different situations so it could be anything from your ability to communicate teamwork your creativity ability to problem solve your critical thinking so there's such a breadth of soft skills what would you say would be the top three soft skills that you might deem to be really vital for students that have or develop within their career journeys and why? So um, I suppose I'm going to step in with flexibility and adaptability and I think this goes for anyone at any level of their career whether that's someone stepping into an internship or an experienced professional but it's sort of being flexible and adaptable to the needs of the company you're either interviewing with or already working with because I suppose hard skills and creativity you know the the standard is higher than ever at the moment so you need something extra to be able to set yourself apart from the rest Mm -hmm. and to to give an an example I just placed someone within a a luxury brand in in, in Paris um, with uh, Loewe 
obviously, you know, there were many people interested in in the role. As with many of my clients, Loewe asked for their shortlist to produce a project for them, just to show the head of design as to how the designers would approach working with the brand, and which is quite common. But the, the chosen candidate put himself beyond what the expectation was. He not only did a little project, but he cut short his holiday. He came back to Paris. He utilized all of the kind of friends that he had in the industry, models, makers. So he put together this incredible project that he actually physically made. Um, He put a collection together within about seven days, a little kind of capsule collection for them. So not only could the head of design see the designs on paper, they could see how he worked in the 3D, how he styled the project, how it would actually work on, on a human form. And it looked so, so strong that, you know, they could actually put that onto the catwalk, they could put that into a store. They could see at a glance that he was going to be the right person for them. So I think, you know, not not all people are going to do that. You know, he was like, look, my personal life, my holiday can go on hold. I really want this role. And this is how I can really show that I want it. So, but again, he showed his adaptability and flexibility for the team that he's going into. He's made an incredible first impression before he'd even begun. It's just a really great example of someone who has gone above and beyond to impress at interview stage and even before he's even set foot in the studio. So yeah, great. I mean, flexibility, adaptability, really key soft skills and it's sort of almost how you demonstrate them you know at different stages of an application I guess as well and um, Sasha how about yourself? Yes thank you Elaine I, w- I would start by what is for me more an ability so a mix of soft skills is emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence makes soft skills like self-awareness like empathy like self-regulation the ability also to have in turn motivation motivate yourself and social skills. Uh, I think this mix is very important the ability to understand uh, the emotional environment you know of the situation and be uh, adaptive and flexible to that showing that his final objective was more important than whatever uh, for me, emotional intelligence is really the basic. Uh, I would add, of course, uh, open mind, flexibility, that is also curiosity, and is also a great appreciation for diversity. Diversity, in my opinion, the foundation of creativity. Only if you are open to see different point of view, you can really create different and new solution. And finally, the third, in my opinion, it's a mix of willpower and humbleness. It is important also for students to understand that they have to be determined to achieve some objective and they have to be humble to never lose the final objective, that is to get a great career. Uh, Those are, in my opinion, the top three soft skills that in my career, I can tell you, having met thousands of candidates really can make the difference for your career. Yeah, that, that's really insightful. You've you've listed quite a few key soft skills there and given some context around it. And sort of from listening to you both speak, I can really get a sense that 
you know, you need almost have this balance, you know, having aspect of confidence, but also this sort of aspect of humbleness as well and knowing when, how to adapt and, and use those soft skills in the appropriate way. One of my questions I wanted to ask you both about confidence. So we all know that confidence is hugely helpful in the workplace in terms of that transition from studying through to put you into industry. And it's something that we all can have varying levels of and different struggles with that as well. And I just wondered, how can students develop their confidence to sort of utilise your time at university really well and to attend as many university events and external events as possible. You know, workshops, presentations, talks from industry speakers to attend as many of those as possible and to get the most out of those as possible. So when, for instance, I've gone into universities and, you know, asked at the end, does anyone have any questions? Does anyone have a chat with me? And the room goes quiet often. And I think a lot of people need to be coaxed a little, a little bit to ask questions of industry insiders and presenters. But the more you do it, obviously, the easier it becomes. While you're still in this kind of university situation, it's just really important to put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And when you go to external events to just get chatting to as many people as you can and to start building your network so I love it when someone sort of put themselves out there and tells me about oh I'm doing this internship I've done this internship or I've had this experience and those people tend to stand out you know so make use of those opportunities that you might have to speak to industry insiders whilst at university and begin to network as much as you possibly can. That's great and I think Sometimes as well, I mean, I think the word networking (laughs) in itself can be quite an intimidating word, you could say, for some people who, you know, are perhaps not natural chatterers or, you know, they might find it quite difficult to approach somebody in industry, for example. And I obviously, you know, Sasha, you sort of mentioned the word humbleness as well and that sort of balance. How would you sort of give some tips maybe to somebody who felt they didn't have that natural confidence? Uh, I, I think it's just important to remember that every single one of us have been in the same situation. You know, we all started out somewhere. <laughs> and just don't be scared to to approach people because by, you know, I know that fashion has this reputation for being really bitchy, really competitive. <laughs> yes, you know, sometimes it is. But in my experience people like to help other people you know mm-hmm. and by and large the people that I've met throughout my career have been incredible and you know are willing to share their knowledge their contacts their skills because everyone remembers what it was like to be at university just starting out so just try to remove that kind of feeling of, of, of being scared of, of talking to people who are you know higher up within industry because people aren't scary you know by, by and large. Exactly it's sort of removing that false perception that as I said everybody experiences different confidence levels and abilities uh, at different points in their career and as you said you never know sort of position somebody's been in before so. Yes I think that what Stephanie said it's it is very important but I'd like also to add first of all using the time at the university add again the word humbleness 
because the, the confidence, in, we have to think at confidence and not at arrogance. It's something else, you know. Sometimes, of course, you have this natural attitude. You know, some people we know that are more confident than others. But in my opinion, the real confidence can be built first of all on concrete knowledge it's true that the industry is itchy particularly but we appreciate people that they have great knowledge so as a student you must use this digital amazing word that we have to gain as much knowledge uh, you can and not only about again technical skills but also the different way I, our company works people are students are often more concentrated on the name of the brand than mm -hmm. on how the company works so it is important to build the right knowledge because having the knowledge will help your brain to feel more confident. It is important also to go out and get experience. People, they say, no, but I cannot work. I cannot do that. I have to study. This is wrong. It's again about using at the best you can the time of the university, even if it is a part-time work two days per week, or if it is some interim experience for a showroom or different kind of example. From the real experience, we naturally get confidence because, uh, as you were saying, we have all been in this situation, you know, when yeah. we don't have experience, we are young. The best way is to go out and look for experience. Uh, we work with a lot of people that after 20 years, they are looking to change career. For them, the first problem is that they lose the confidence because they discover that the new career they don't have experience in. They maybe know all the technical competences, but they don't have experience of a new kind of work. What we do with those people, we always try to find opportunity of experience, looking for uh, short work, short experience, short collaboration. And finally, I agree with Stephanie, ask, ask, ask. Uh, today, <laughs> you know, the students, I'm a bit jealous of the students because, uh, I mean, I'm 40, almost 41 years old. And when I started my first degree, uh, we didn't have all those amazing tools. Uh, LinkedIn, all whatever kind of tools you can imagine to contact people. Uh, you have to ask them if, uh, if you have a career in mind, if you want to know more about a sector, just invite this person on LinkedIn, make a research. This is a suggestion that we give a lot to people that are struggling to find a job. We tell them, try to get informed. So start by writing to 100 people that and they could have the same problem that you have and ask them how they did it. Stephanie was saying people love to help other people. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to find the people that uh, are willing to do it. So contact 200 people. Maybe you will get just 20 reply, but start with those 20 and enter in a network, participate in an association. Hmm? Uh, the more we know, the more naturally we get confident and not arrogant. <laughs> that's really, really, yeah, that's really, really useful, Sasha. And I'm glad as well that you have sort of put some emphasis on um, work experience and, you know, using your time at university to look for these internships or to help at a showroom. Um, because like you said, actually, you know, this time at university is not just 
about coming to classes and going to lectures. It really is about networking, getting that opportunity to be in the real world, to see what it's like collaborating with others and really developing your skills um, kind of outside of the classroom. And that kind of leads us on to thinking more about the industry at the moment. And this year has obviously been a crazy year for everyone. And I think it's fair to say, even before 2020, um, the fashion industry has definitely had a lot of challenges. Um, There's been a lot of changes. So I guess from your perspective, working in recruitment and working um, with all of these brands, how would you say that students can actually successfully showcase their skills and articulate their creativity? Yeah, sure. I mean, the past six months or a year have shown us how different things can be in terms of of working and, and the recruitment process. So I guess for for people like Sasha and I, our roles have changed anyway over the past couple of years. I mean, in terms of the visibility of designers and creatives, it's much, much higher than, than ever before. And I think, you know, the global marketplace is much smaller with obviously things like LinkedIn. It's much easier for designers and creatives to be seen out there you know when I first started out 20 years ago I was I had a room for the filing cabinets and paper CVs and a fax machine but now you know Sash and I probably spend most of our time online getting on LinkedIn um, putting the feelers out, and, and you know increasingly on, on, on Instagram as well so I'm mentoring a people a couple of people right now and I'm saying look you need to showcase yourself as as a designer put yourself out there so it's easy for people to find you if you're trying to set yourself up as your own little brand that needs to be easy for the viewer to understand who you are as a creative or as a designer what do you have on your Instagram that showcases your your skill set, your creativity, what kind of market level are you pitching yourself at? That should be quite easy for the headhunter or recruiter or company to understand from the imagery you put on there. And you know, have a really good balance um, of work on there. So it should kind of reflect your normal portfolio in that you should have a really good balance of between research, design development, Um, what your influences are, that should be really clear. So try to show your kind of thought process, your creative process, how you brainstorm. I'm glad that you mentioned about online professional presence, because I think, you know, nowadays it's so easy just to Google anyone to look up somebody's Instagram. And like you said, to kind of distinguish between what is your, um, you know, your personal everyday posts um, and really, really showcasing your work. So I think that's really useful. And I think, um, but what about if you are, I don't know, but you know, a fashion business students, you know, how are they showcasing their skills? I think that visual, it's very important. You know, a picture is worth a thousand words. Hmm. And this is true that our brain reacts a lot faster to a picture and with a lot more interest than with just word. So visual, of course, it's for creative, but not only. Uh, You can prepare a visual project about a business analysis that you do with competitors. You showcase also your mind process. So how did you get there? Hmm? What is the logic that you have been using? Because these tells us a lot about how potentially you could work with us. 
you can see that you have different kind of project and you have people that they start more and more to use uh, visual thinking, design thinking, also to showcase their business skills. Mm. It's true, we spend a lot of time online. We like when people easily help us to find a um, project that showcase their talents. So they must use that. They must use LinkedIn in a proper way. Use all the link made for projects. Use all the features hmm, that allow you to link with other platforms. Another thing also very important that I think to showcase your skills, you have to showcase also that you know this business. This business, it is today very fast. We are trying to slow it down and mm. we see what is the future, but it's still a business that change fast. So whatever is your job in this industry, you must keep always, we say to designer, to young designer, keep designing. The same to merchandiser, keep going to look at competitors. If this is the future, you have to follow this business and keep creating visual because mm. this will allow you to really make the difference. Stephanie said something very important. Today, the, the job market, it is pretty small if you think just on LinkedIn and pretty competitive. A lot of people are on LinkedIn. Very, very competitive, so yeah. The, the only way you have to make the difference is to f use at the best you can all the different tools and features that allows you to showcase your talents mm. and keep creating. Keep creating, yeah. I guess it's also really important um, for students to remain resilient if you are entering such a competitive marketplace. Um, you know, there's going to be obstacles. Often we speak to students, you know, they're really gutted that something has not gone their way, you know, or um, they've been rejected or, you know, they're facing some kind of challenges. So any tips that you can give students for remaining resilient and be, being able to kind of face these obstacles head on? Yeah, I mean, you know, the industry is is more competitive than, than ever before. And, you know, most, most of us throughout our career are going to suffer setbacks and knockbacks. And I think it's really important to try to, you know, as difficult as it might be, to try and retain that kind of self-belief a really great positive attitude will really stand out and be a huge advantage and even the, you know even if students or graduates are applying for internships for jobs and they aren't receiving any response yes it's easy to become downhearted about it but you know if you don't get it get a reply from someone just move on to the next it's it's like it's a bit of a numbers game and I often equate you know finding a job to dating you know you might <laughs> people it only takes one the right yeah that's true that's very one. true <laughs> so, so you know a lot of graduates especially when they've been sending things that are not getting replies they get really really downbeat and I'm like okay so how many applications have you made how many speculative send outs have you done they're like oh you know maybe 20 30 50 I'm like no no it needs to be way more than what you, what you think you should be doing and you need to be doing some kind of activity towards your job search on a daily basis you know but you know if people aren't getting back to you don't necessarily think oh it's because my portfolio is really bad or my application is really bad sometimes it's just the fact that people are inundated with requests or emails and things get lost sometimes you know people are really really busy busier than they ever have been because of the pace of the industry now so 
you know, try to just not get too fixated if you're not getting replies, but just try and up the ante a, a little bit in terms of your job search activity. So a lot of people get fixated on finding that dream job as soon as they graduated. You know, for yeah, most yeah, people yeah, yeah. going into your first job isn't necessarily going to be your dream brand or your dream role. Just be quite o- open-minded also to things like location. Yeah, I think actually that, Steph, that's a really, really interesting point. And it's about thinking about what are the steps to get to that dream job, or maybe there's a few sort of interim sort of steps to get there. And sometimes you never know (laughs) what comes out of an opportunity that perhaps you initially weren't keen on. And it can really sometimes create a situation where you look back and you think, actually, I'm so glad that that happened, because now I'm doing this and I would never have thought of that or you know I've got this knowledge that I never would have had or thought I would be interested in and it's sent me into sort of this different direction so I think the sort of term open-mindedness is really important and lots of our students uh, have a freelance career and that's the nature of their market their industry that they're going into so is there anything you could give us in terms of advice around the networking side for freelancers you know getting that first job breaking into that market still at university it's important um, not to underestimate the network you already have at your fingertips of your fellow students your tutors and course leaders you know, the network that you have around you is vast already. So don't forget about that. You know, talk to, you know, your fellow students about where they've done their internships or maybe where they worked before. Can they pass on any contacts? Maybe it wasn't quite right for your friend, um, but it could be right for you. And don't underestimate, you know, the power of the networks from your, your teachers, tutors and course leaders, because the vast majority of those people will still be working within industry or have worked within industry. So their contacts are, are massive. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I, you know, we regularly sort of advise students as well, as you said, to really utilise your university network. So think about students as well that have been on your course and look through LinkedIn. What are their journeys? What were their first sort of entry level roles into industry and and, uh, you know, connecting into that uh, network as well? Because that's still a part of your network for students that have gone on to graduate and are now working in industry. So that's really helpful. Yes, I agree with you. I think that LinkedIn, it is an amazing marketing tool. Another mm-hmm. suggestion that for me, it's very, very important. We were saying about showcasing your talent. If you want to go for a freelance career, this is even, even more important. It is fundamental mm-hmm. because you need to have windows online where people can just see your talent and understand if you could be useful to them if you could be the solution for them. And finally, uh, again, the networking, uh, the university, as you said, it's, it, it is a great, uh, your, your teachers are a great source of opportunity. But I think going out in the industry, this is why for me, it's very important also to get knowledge about the industry. You have to understand who could be of help who could be interested by buying your freelance skills. And I want also to add something. 
about how the student can face obstacle. I agree with Stephanie about the job search strategy. You need diversity in your job search. When you enter in a class, seems like they all want to work for either Caring or Elvemash and nothing else. Like (laughs) there are no other companies. That's very true. Yeah, that's why I'm laughing because I just think that's so true. Every, you know, all the time when we speak to students, they all say the same three companies. It seems yeah. commerciality is like almost a, a swear word. Like, mm. scared mm. of being, you know, ev- everyone wants to work for the luxury brands. Exactly. Realistically, not, you know, a very small percentage will do. Mm, exactly. That's a really great point. In my case, you know, in my experience, as I've started in Louis Vuitton, they all think that I have the key secret, you know, to enter in this company. <laughs> but then um, what is on my experience, and this is very important for the creative and technical roles, the most amazing candidates we met, often they have started from suppliers. Because, you know, working in a supplier often gives you the opportunity to really do a lot more the just in one brand. So when you think at a job search strategy, of course you can have the five, ten brands of your dreams, but you must add also 150 more opportunity that could be small business, that could be people that they collaborate with freelance, that could be, again, suppliers. In this period during the COVID as GM fashion career, we have been doing a lot of webinars, really to empower people. We have been meeting people that they made it. And I have this great example of uh, one girl, Ananya, that she she's in the group of women for Dior, uh, of course, she has been struggling because she's coming from the other side of the world. So, you know, all related issues. Uh, but she was saying something. I did it. Yes. But I did at least 400 applications. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a, lot. a big but commitment. Shows resilience, shows mm. determination. Because exactly like we were saying, sometimes it's not your portfolio the problem. It's just that this person, this day, uh, it is too busy uh, to read your email. And maybe your email gets lost, or maybe y- your email goes into the spam or your application. I don't know. Mm? Uh, the only way for you to have success is combining diversity statistic numbers, so a lot of application, and also a sense, in my opinion, that is very important, it is self-awareness. Being aware about your limits, exactly like you are aware about your talents. Test your talents, test your limits. We were saying before about asking. If you think that your portfolio is not adapted to the specific brand, uh, write to me or to Stephanie or to people like us. We work with many brands. So you can send us and we will be happy to tell you, look, maybe you could improve that. Maybe you have to understand that for this brand, your portfolio doesn't really reflect the targeted client. So try to change that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really, really useful advice um, to get them to think about the bigger picture. You know, not just, and uh, Stephanie mentioned this as well, you don't necessarily come out of university and walk straight into your dream job. You know, it doesn't just happen like that. You have to, you know, you build your experience and, um, you know, that might be something you're doing in a few years down the line. But I think, you know, like you said, it's not just about the name of the company. 
Um, it's about what are you doing? What's the experience you're gaining? What's the exposure you're having? Of having, having an open mind, um, we couldn't really let you go without talking about the future you know, of recruitment. Yeah. We've mentioned social media, LinkedIn, digitalization, um, and how this is sort of transforming industries all over the world. So I guess from, from both of your points of view, can you give us a little bit more? Um, I think I've certainly placed people at the height of lockdown, placed someone in Milan who had to interview with the company without meeting them face to face. And they were hired just on, on the basis of their portfolio, the project they did, and via a video call with the design team. And that's that's never happened uh, before, but it was it was necessary. Um, the brand wanted someone to start relatively quickly. They couldn't wait for the lockdown to to end, and then relocated to Milan as soon as lockdown lifted, which was you know quite quite the process. Um, so I would say you know for graduates and interns, just get used to you know doing interviews by by video calls. Get used to the, the technology. Get used to being able to sort of succinctly talk through your portfolio on on a video call because you know because the the pace um of the industry and of recruitment is much more instant than it ever and immediate than it ever used to be so you need to be aware of that and you need to be ready so what i thought would be useful is maybe just to end with if you had one bit of advice that you could give to our listeners for navigating their careers within the creative sector, what would it be? First of all, recruitment, digitalization, it is an amazing revolution, but never forget that still traditional CVs and application are important because anyway, this is the first hint, the first idea, the first impression we get about the candidate. And it is important also to adapt your communication to the speed of today. Uh, we don't like, uh, you know, long application, CV that are redundant in keyword and in information. Try to keep it simple and straight to what we need and to your talents. This is for me very, very important about the change in recruitment, because it's true, you have to be resilient and you have to adapt to the format, but also you have to make sure that your message, because the first consequences of digitalization is competition for our candidates. So you have to think of that and think always to use your communication, how you describe yourself, your talent, how you write your CV as the main key to make the difference. Talking about final advice, first of all, uh, being proactive, because being proactive showed that not only showcase your talent, but that you have uh, a strong passion and that you are able to motivate yourself without someone needing to, to push you. Um, then uh, you have to be agile and embrace rapid change. We were saying this word is going very fast. So always try to uh, have an open mind because also like this, you can feed your curiosity and from your curiosity, create uh, something that maybe is different or something that companies are looking for. That's fantastic, Sasha. And I just want to take this opportunity to really thank you both for your time today. The insights, the anecdotes that you guys have been able to share is incredibly valuable and I'm sure you know students will appreciate uh, the advice 
and hopefully they will apply the advice that they've been given, really take the opportunity to think about their soft skills, think about their career planning, because as we say, it's never, you know, it's never too early to start thinking about these things. So it really is a time of sort of building up that resilience, thinking outside of the box, having an open mind, Sasha, like you said, being agile. Um, and I think these are all really, really sort of important skills to help. In terms of finding out more information, we have the Creative Attributes Framework, which is a point of reference for how we talk about and develop enterprise and employability at LCF. This is a really, really useful tool. Um, the link is in the description box. So please do have a look at this find out a little bit more about how to articulate your qualities, your abilities, your behaviour to prepare for the future. Um, so thank you so much, um, both of you, for joining us. Thank you for your time. No problem. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Brilliant. Thank, thank you, much. you both. Thank you. Thank you.